the elephant in the room of being a girl dad, I've dated a lot of women. I have a, I have a fear that consumes me of my daughter being like those girls that I used to date who did not have their father in their life. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? Before I do all of that, uh, the first thing I need to say is uh, to anybody who's listening, welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? My name is David, as you all know. Uh, Clark is here also. Um, we have a guest with us. Uh, his name is Solomon, and we're going to get into his story. But really quick, Clark, how was your week? Yeah, my week was good, man. My week was good. Um, back, plugged back into the system, uh, re-engaged. You know, in, in the last, uh, our last outing, I told you I, I did... Yeah, I pressed the fuck it button basically and disconnected from from work, from you know all my community obligations, and you know just did a recharge. Um, essentially, I'm back at it. You know, daddying, dealing with you know juggling this virtual schooling that my kids are going through, and uh, yeah, it, it's really like opening an app that takes away half of your battery as soon as you you you've hit a hundred percent. But you know, I'm at it. How about you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, uh, good weekend. And uh, Miles has with, been with his mom over the weekend, as usual. Um, uh, uh, there's uh, some story to that. She, for some reason, um, she decided to take him to go get a COVID test. I have no idea why, um, but I've heard her explanation on it. It doesn't make much sense to me, but, you know, whatever. Um, but he'll be back here either tomorrow or the next day. Um, so uh, we are here with Solomon, um, and we'd like to ask our guests to introduce themselves and tell people, you know, um, on the surface, right? You know, name, age, where you live, how many kids you have, um, whether or not you have a boy or a girl, um, and that sort of stuff. Um, and then we'll get into um, our uh, uh, founding question. So go ahead, Solomon. Great. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Solomon. Uh, I'm currently residing in Sacramento, California. Uh, I have a little girl. She's going to be eight months on Thursday. Her name is Ruby. Um, and uh, I'm just grateful to be here. Um, I was living in LA the last four years, um, kind of just working in the industry. I was on tour um, with an artist and I also um, uh, did a little stop in Denver for a year. So I've just kind of worked kind of on the back end consulting side and uh, just been, uh, been grateful to just live a really full life. Uh, I'm originally from the Maryland DC area and uh, yeah, relocated to the West coast um, four four years ago. So that's, and how that's old are you? I'm 37 years old. I'll be 37 years old, 38 years old. So yeah. you waited to have your first, is this your first? Yeah. You know, by design, man, I really did. Um, I did wait. You know, and I'm grateful for that. I've been fortunate enough to travel, see, you know, go to Europe, see a lot. So I, I did it the right way, I believe, you know. And so, I definitely, it's not traditional, my story. So just so y'all know. So, okay, but now you know that you're talking to somebody who waited until he was 50 to have his first and only. Wow, I did not know that. I, I, I should have waited to 50. You don't see this face? Do you see his face, man? I should have waited. Not but gray. Nothing but gray. But um, yeah, uh, it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. All right. Yeah, we'll so go, you're far um, smarter than I. <laughs> it's just what it is. 
And and uh, Clark did his nice and early when he was what twenty what? When did you have your first? Twenty five. When I twenty five when he had it. Right, yeah. right. So we we got all the spectrums covered. right We got now. the entire spectrum covered right here. And then Clark has uh, three girls. Uh, you have a girl, and yep. I have a boy. Okay. Uh, so um, Clark, founding question. Yeah. So generally, when we have people on, it, it starts with this foundational question because it's the question we asked ourselves. In, in our first conversation and ultimately our first episode. But Solomon, how the fuck did you get here? Yeah, meaning with, with the best of intentions, how did you end up co-parenting or single parenting the, the, this, this baby girl at eight months? So, uh, yeah, but, but, but before he even, is that where you expected to be? Cause Clark, for all yeah. we know, he wanted yeah. to start out when he said this and say, I want to be a single parent. Yeah, right. for sure. you, you hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. I mean, the lifestyle that I was living, who I am as an entrepreneur, selfish, I was 100% prepared to co-parent. I manifested it. I wanted a little girl. I coached football. I didn't want a boy because I thought I'd be too tough on him. Um, I was in LA, um, you know, you guys will understand this. I'm, I'm passionate about motorcycles. That is my greatest passion since I was a kid. I ride motorcycles. My daughter's mother is a model. She models motorcycles. She rides dirt bikes. She rides motorcycles. That was our common bond. I never saw it coming. Um, she's kind of Instagram famous, right? She's an attractive girl. And, um, that, that's how we got caught into each other. She's 40 years old. She owns, she owned a home in Los Angeles. She's an occupational therapist. I mean, you couldn't ask for someone like me in this situation to say, if, if it were going to happen, I'm cool with it being with this person, especially at 37, as I was having the fever. Cause one of my good friends, a, a lot of my good friends all had small children and I love kids, you know? So, 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 a lot of people don't understand it. And I've said it before, which is when I had a kid at 50, you said the fever. Tell me what you mean when you say the fever. Man, you know, one of the guys I was working for, um, a, a, a lot of people around me started having babies. And I love babies. I love little kids, man. I really do. Um, and just at 37, man, just the chase, you, the chase stop, starts to slow down for me at, the, at that age, right? Like, you know, you realize that like, a woman is a woman. They, they, there's not much difference in them. You know what I mean? And it's like, you've had one, you've had them all, right? You start to get to that point, at least for me. And you start, <laughs> thinking, you start, you start thinking about your legacy. You start thinking about, you start thinking about your legacy. You start thinking about, you know, um, and, and honestly, like, I believe, I, I, I said to myself, like, it's going to give me more, um, more to live for. Like, it's going to, it's going to make me a better person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I said, I feel like I've lived a full life. So that was the missing piece for me. So there is a male biological clock. For sure. For sure. Without question. It, it's, it, was, it could be emotional, but it's, it, although it might not be attached to the physical, for me, it was how am I going to be 55, 60 years old chasing around some 10-year-old who's now probably wants to be running out in the streets? Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, continue. You, how the fuck did you get here? Go ahead. Yeah, no. So that's how I got there. And it was like, you know what I mean? And listen, let me tell you this. The partner that I chose, the partner that I chose, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a, in a really good place. I was in LA by myself. Um, you know, just the environment that I was in just wasn't very healthy. That's all I'll say. And so that led to, 
I think maybe some regression to codependency, maybe, you know, just, um, just not operating from a healthy place, you know? So that's, that's what I would say. So would you say, so the lifestyle you were living as a single man, 37 years old, sounding like you were fairly successful and not having to yield, right? You're not having to compromise, not having to give up anything in, in, in your life up until that point. Do you think that had an impact on, on how things sh shook out? Or do you think that that's that and that biological imperative is what drove you toward towards this this young lady and ultimately yeah i mean yeah i think it was um i think it was more the biological I, I i spoke it into existence man i was playing around and you know um just wanting a just wanting a little girl i i think was just a real serious desire you know because i felt like it would make me a better person and and ironically obviously before kobe passed if you noticed at the end of 19 mid-19 was when he was heavily involved with his daughter where he was out in public promoting the girl dad thing and like coaching a little girl and i'm a huge kobe fan and so to hear him speak about it and then just to look at men around you and just seeing men um and their and their girls i think that it was something uh it was a movement man it was, it was something that i i really thought about because i never wanted a boy so your partner did she have intent on being a single parent also or you know, go ahead. I'm listening. Good question. Good question. So, you know, I'd be a fool. I, I'm very self-aware. So the conversation was had like, yo, if this happens, like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'll be living in LA. You've got a home. We don't live together. So it's like, we're going to make it work. You know what I mean? I'm going to work my butt off. You can stay home, raise the kid. You got all this leave. That was like the conversation. But, but that's like the wisdom when you get older, like I could tell a woman anything. But what she's really, how she really feels is not what she's telling me. You know what I'm saying? They, they, she lied to herself. And that will get into the whole story about how this whole thing happened was I was very transparent. To this day, I'm still super transparent. But those emotions, um, you know, and I'm an idiot for, for not knowing, now going through it, and I hope to share this message. N no woman wants to just co-parent. Like, you're foolish if you think that. Like I thought that. And I really had a situation with a woman who was super independent, 40 years old, even talked about like in vitro and like being a single parent, right? And I fell for that. But the reality is like, I, I moved while she was pregnant closer to the beach. And the, the fact that I moved from one residence to another and not with her, I can only imagine in hindsight how, what a stupid move that was and how that made her feel. And I think that that's when the resentment and the reality soaked in that like, this dude don't want to be with me. But like, she probably was like, oh, we're going to have the baby. It'll work out. He'll come in. We'll live together. It'll all work out. But like, as men, we got to be smarter now. Like, I, I realized how dumb I was in that moment. I got to be smarter. Like, they want it all. If you get them pregnant, like, they want to be with you. So, so were you guys together as a couple before, before she got pregnant? Or was it, you know, we, like putting the candy. I didn't know her long snack. enough, man. I, I can't say that I was in a couple with somebody that I've only known for, you know, three or four months. And that that's and that and that's the thing that to bring to light is 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 common. Um again, not being in a place. But at the same time, any dude out there knows like it's like seeing a girl who drives a stick shit. Like she she did this motorcycle thing. Like she owned a dirt bike, owned a Harley. Like 
that was my passion. I was just dumbstruck on the, the beauty and the fact that she liked me and that she rode motorcycles. I mean, I was not in the right headspace. And I think that, you know, a lot, I'll speak for myself, but a lot of my friends, like that, that kind of stuff happens, man. You meet a girl that can hoop, you know, and she's beautiful and feminine, you know, Skylar Diggins, uh, Lisa uh, Parker, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different vibe. Like, it, it makes her the most attractive thing in the world. Right. Um, so, pursued it, wooed it. You guys are, are, are coupling. In your head, you're like, yo. It, well, you're not coupling. You're, you're, you're basically hooking up at this point. In your head, you're going, okay. You know, I dig her a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, or I'm, at least I'm attracted to her a lot. We're not official. We're not a couple. But you're also in your head going, yo, she's fine too. So if she gets knocked up, I'm good because it's also satisfying my biological imperative. And more importantly, what I spoke to earlier, she's an occupational therapist. She's got a career. She owns a home in Los Angeles. She's a good person. Like to raise a child, you couldn't ask for anything better than an occupational therapist. So so the question becomes, and everybody's going to ask, right? Then why the fuck would you not want to marry her? Is Is it you... And this is what I'm trying to get to, right? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. you that just is not interested in marrying no matter who it is? Are you just sure. set with your life that I'm going to sure. be a bachelor for the rest of my life? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's part of the growing, right? Like, I think that um, at that time, like, yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't seeing that because I, I still got I still got a lot left in the tank, like a create creative stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a creative at heart. As much as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a creative. And there's some things that I really need to accomplish. And what I do understand is that um, I'm still young. And when my daughter's five and she starts kindergarten, weekends are going to be fine. It's this early stage that I got to be here for every moment of it. And I don't want to do that early stage too young. You know what I mean? Because I have her, which we'll get into later. I have her Monday through Friday, eight to five. I'm getting my ass kicked every day by an eight month old. Like It's no joke raising a little baby. But I knew that that's something that I did want to do. So I'm in shape. Um, I, I've got the ability that I've taken off work. Um, so it worked out because she had to go back to work. But um, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't even know what it looks like, but I'll tell you this. As a single dad now, I can see myself settling down with the right person. It's just different. You know what I'm saying? But before she was born, yeah, I just, I wasn't sold that that was, I don't know if I've had too much variety to even know what it is, but I believe that it's better to have too much variety and, and be looking for something special than to not have enough and settle for something not knowing what's out there. I feel like at 37, I've sampled enough to know what actually works for me. And I've done a lot of self-discovery and, and healing and therapy to know what, what's actually going to work for me now. And, and this whole situation has really brought that to light. So, so it begs the question, do you mind telling us what your family history was? Who did you grow up with? What was your family background growing yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, so both my parents were from West Africa. So if that gives you any inclination, it's like coming, like my parents came to America in I think the 60s. I was raised in the DC area. We were the African family. Uh, but my parents were divorced when I was like five years old, which was normal in the black community, right? And, and, and Africans and black Americans kind of separate themselves from each other, even though we grew up in a black community. But my father was an alcoholic. Um, he wasn't very present. I mean, that set the tone for all my dysfunction, which I understand. You know what I mean? We didn't grow up in a home with a lot of affection. Like I said, I've gotten a tremendous amount of therapy. I understand, 
you know, childhood trauma, inner child, everything. So I don't know how deep you want me to go, but I, I 100% am aware of um, all that my upbringing led to my poor decisions, my abandonment issues, my codependency, um, all that comes stem from the childhood. So, so, so talk a little bit more about the, the, the abandonment issues and the codependency. How, how do you think that impacted the relationship with your kid's mom? Yeah, I mean, so the work, the work is never ending, number one. I didn't even get into the work and know what it was until I was 30, right? And so to anyone out there who's doing the work, like, you're trying to, you're trying to rehardwire your foundation. You know, like, these are the roots of who you are. So as much as I did the work and I felt strong and even I talk here like I got it all together, you ain't never got it together. And maybe until I've had as much recovery as I've been alive with the dysfunction. So I've been, al I've been alive for 30 years. I've only had uh, 31 years. I've only had six years of recovery. You know what I mean? So that right there just tells you that I'm nowhere, right? So yeah, so, you know, yes, I was dating for passion, not purpose, right? I understood that. And though I felt... I still fell victim to being in a place where I was low. So what I get from that is, though I've done the work, when you go into that place, when you're not feeling good about yourself, when you're down, whatever happened in your life, and that anxiety or that fear or whatever happens, you are going to default to what you know. And so where I was at that point in my life, I think I defaulted on, it's a nasty cocktail that brought me there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it wasn't that codependent because in LA, it's not like I had a problem like meeting women. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like her that I was like, oh, I need to be in a relationship. Like that wasn't the codependency. It was more just like, I sold myself. Like that, that's a whole nother layer of it, right? It's like the ability to sell yourself that something is what it's not, right? The same way like, you know, being gaslit that your father's not an alcoholic. You're like, oh no, he's just funny or he's just good. And then you do the therapy and you're like, damn, he was really fucked up, you know? You know, it, it took 30 years to look back at that situation. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't blame it on, I mean, yes, it's part of it. It's who I am. And I, I made a bad decision yesterday. I, I'd be on Clubhouse, like, which is a type of codependency, just sitting in rooms that I shouldn't even be in, in toxic environments, because I'm just addicted to it because it's in my DNA. So um, I can't really... I'm not going to peg something and say that that's what it was. So many decisions in my everyday come from that foundation. So I'm not going to, you know, just peg it to that and say that. But like, yeah, I mean, I've acknowledged um, many of the issues that come from being raised in a dysfunctional household. So, so uh, I'm going to um, uh, pivot for one second. So um, hopefully uh, we'll, well, we'll see where it goes. Um, you say that you are a weekday dad, right? And that Correct. you have your child from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Yep. Okay. Um, how did you get there? How did that schedule come about? Because I was playing chess, not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm lead, like I said, I'm leading somewhere, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to help. That, this is my passion to help men. That's why on my Instagram it says equal custody advocate. Go ahead. Now, go ahead, now, daddy. Go ahead. Yeah, when, when, when I realized that I was dealing with someone who was emotionally unfit, right? Emotionally, like, uh, and, and, and not all women, but if, you know, we know that women are more emotional beings. The inability to process information and understand, when I realized that this is what I was dealing with, I had to start playing chess. I had to start thinking long game. So with thinking long game, pretty much 
and I'll let you go deeper because I'll be more concise. I gave up my career because I have right of first refusal for childcare and she had to go back to work. And what that did was that was going to ensure me 45 hours a week that they can never regress from if it gets to court. If I had just taken weekends and had stayed in LA and flew up every other weekend, it would have given her all the ammunition. The baby's scared of him. The baby's crying. I wasn't going to put myself in that position. I wanted a little girl. The last thing I was going to do was give her any ammunition to keep me out of the picture. And that's what men don't understand. If they're early in the game, you got to be there from day one. So stop right there. Stop. Stop right there. It's a long game. Stop right there. So Clark. This is something that I have been saying since day one. We sort of differ. I'm, I'm watching your face as you're saying it. We differ on this. When I hear guys say, she won't let me see my kid, I say to myself, no, nah, I'm sorry. I can't fucking get with that. Because if you in from day one, and if you stay at it from day one, just like when you out on these streets and you hustling for that money and that cat up the block saying, I ain't got your money this week, you go get that money. And the same way you do that, you can go get that kid, but you got to be interested in doing that from day one, be all over it. But Where there's a will, there's a way. I completely true. agree with you to be in day one. And I completely agree with you that, you know, you're not taking any shorts in the street. You're not, you shouldn't take any shorts when it comes to raising your kid. But the reality is people go what they're told, right? People go with what they, you know, and information is power. A lot of us as fathers don't sure. have that information. We're not told, you know, or we're told, oh, you don't have as many rights. And then when you go into the court system, you see it evidence that you don't have as many rights. We, we all agree that. We all agree that. Yeah, I'm an expert at the system. I mean, it, it, if you read and you pay attention, you know, I served her while she was pregnant with petition for paternity papers, you know? Dude, I just finished saying to somebody, not even 15 hours, not even 15 all you got to do is read. It's not hard. Read. It's there, All you got to do is read. It's no not excuses hard. for nobody. I'm here, to, I'm, I'm here to spread the gospel for that reason. I'm tired of it. Like, but, but, but let's keep going, though, because I don't, I don't want to run long, right? Um, you, you, so you did some homework. Um, you decided that eight to five was good for you then. Do you still that, feel that way now? Yeah, she wasn't that's all you to could give do. me anything. That, that was the key, right? Like someone who's not willing to give you anything, then you got to take what you can get. She didn't give She didn't give that to me. She had to go to work. You can't say that the daycare is more important than the father. Like, you know what I mean? So that's okay. chess. Okay. Um, so, so, so now, if you, what, what would be your preference now? I mean, that's what you have now, eight to five, Monday to Friday. What would be your preference so Man. before you even do that, stop, stop, stop. Before yeah. you even do that, Clark, what's your schedule? My schedule right now is one week on, one week off. So my schedule is I have my kids, my kid every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. She has him on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We alternate Mondays with the exception that if there's a fifth Monday in the uh, month that he's with me. Um, and then if there is a, uh, a holiday that falls on a Monday when he's supposed to be with me, he's with her. So what would you prefer? What would you like the schedule to be if you had it to do all over again? I'm blessed, man. Like, you know, I put myself in this position, but I'm actually in the perfect place. Like, I, I can't stress to you how much I was looking forward to this challenge of being with my child at a young age and what it means those first four years, five years what I was I'm looking forward to 
I'm terrified over there. I don't even want to look at what comes after that, like, especially for a girl. So with that said, the fact that I was in a position financially that I could take off work and just raise her, uh, I got the perfect schedule. Um, you know, uh, you know, it sucks that I can't give her a bath and that I haven't had her sleep overnight yet. And she's eight months, but that's just her mom being ridiculous. And we're going to handle that. But the reality is I have more waking hours with my daughter than she does. And I don't have to deal with the morning. She's also breastfed. And I also don't have to deal with the night. So it allows me to do things like this. I'm still building. You know, like I said, I'm a creative. I'm working on things. And weekday dad is, um, you know, it's a service for like what you all are doing. I'm, I'm educating people. I'm showing people that a man can raise a small baby by, you know, by himself, um, you know, do the childcare stuff. So I, I, I have the best schedule. You know, and I'm actually, I just filed a motion um, for every other weekend. Um, I asked her for every third weekend and she said no. So I'm going to go and get every other, every other weekend. And that gives me the power to allow her to give her more time. But I just want my family to be able to come and visit. I want to take her to, you know, a lot of good stuff happens on the weekends. But, but I got her plenty. For a child this young, I have plenty. And it's difficult. It's redundant. It, it's a struggle. So uh, what I need is a nanny. <laughs> to come help me out a little bit. How far? Do, how far apart do you guys live? Are you guys within three point three miles? Three point three miles. Yeah, I, I was not. I did that by design. Again, I'm not giving her or the courts no excuses to make my life difficult. I did the same thing. I moved right around the corner when we broke up. Um, uh, who does the pickup and drop off? She drops off because that always allows me to extend if I need to without fighting. Okay. I'm feeling the applesauce. That's what I call that. Okay. And uh, here comes this one. What is the child support arrangement like, if you don't mind telling us? I let her slide. She should pay me. <laughs> <laughs> because technically you have more hours. Well, I, I, especially in COVID, I left. No, not even the hours. I left my well, job. I'm the income. Right. I'm unemployed. Right. I don't work. The, the courts... Up until a year, they can't go into my bank accounts and say, I'm not, I'm not gaining income. I'm living off savings. So she's lucky that, I, and again, this is where men don't understand, don't be petty. I can go and get child support for her, but what is that going to do to my relationship with her? It's just going to create more havoc right. in my life. Exactly. So exactly. I let her slide. But she won't even, she won't acknowledge it or see it that way, and that's okay. Humility. <laughs> you, like, this is chess. Because you know what? The judge is also going to see that and be like, I hear what you're saying. You're a good dude. This is chess. So, like you said, there's a resistance to to allowing you to have more time, allowing you to. I'm have mad at him, Clark. I'm sorry. I'm mad at him. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at David. Him. I I'm told mad you this was going to be good, David. I told I'm you this was going No, my dude. I was good. pushing out NBA numbers for the first three years with my kid. NBA numbers, and she. I mean, she ain't have no sympathy for me whatsoever. What state? What state are you in? New York. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little... I've heard some nah, things about New York. But. Nah, I'm pushing out ABA numbers because she was lying and saying she ain't had no money. Well, so here's the other thing, though, right? Like, th this is something that needs to be talked about, too, right? When people talk about child support, and I want you to be honest, child support is calculated based on your income and the time you spend with the child. Yes. Right. So, so there comes that sacrifice. Like, I could have been giving her child support, living in L.A., and kept my BMW and done a lot of things. 
But again, this was a chess match. And I understood that what was more important was that bond with my daughter. Because listen, the elephant in the room of being a girl dad, I've dated a lot of women. I have a, I have a fear that consumes me of my daughter being like those girls that I used to date who did not have their father in their life. Right. <laughs> so, so, so that's my motivation. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a part of it. And so, um, yeah, so I was willing to make all those sacrifices in exchange for being there. So I, I hear you about how much you had to pay. And I don't know. And, I, and I'm actually interested, though, it's your podcast to know, like, when you started getting significant time, because that's the whole thing, because they carry them. They don't think that we can care for them when they're young. And we Absolutely. take that bait and we and we, we take that bait and we go, OK, but that's what I'm showing the world right now. Yeah. I document everything every day that we can take the little one. And you know what? It, it'll save you a lot of money, too, because those numbers don't make sense. That calculator with the hours are crazy. Like the weekends are only wake hours. Like you're going to pay a, a nice penny. And I'd rather not give her that money, especially when she's bread fed. My daughter hasn't cost nothing for eight months. Hand me down so, clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not breaking her off a couple thousand so she can. Nope. This this was this was her first. Her first, yeah. yeah. I drive a Corolla before I give her that money. So, so the only thing I was saying is that, um, do you believe? And I, I probably sound like I'm, I'm, I'm antagonizing some shit right now. No, no, go but for it. Do you believe that if you were working and she was not working, that she wouldn't tax you? She would tax me horribly. But All that's, right. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying. But listen, but listen, but, but that's but, the, that's the part we have to understand. And this is the message for any man listening out there. If you got a homie or a younger person, when you don't wear that condom and you lay up in there, all that is for you. You are responsible. All right. that is for you. You are responsible. And I thought I knew, but now I'm living it. So I'm telling y'all, I didn't hear a podcast where someone like me said that. Everything that comes with it. Do the research. Listen you to this podcast. You are responsible. You are responsible. You get yes. all that. Yes, you are but responsible. You, you, you even take it a step further, right? Because you, you, that the raw dog leads to responsibility, right? Number one. In but an unfair two, system, too. Remember that part. Right. It's not fair, right. but, but you get that. Right. But then, then, then on top of it, it's the stance that you're taking where tit for, you know, the eye for eye leaves everyone blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're trying to build something. So you can you can absolutely be like, yo, I'm gonna get her because she would have got me. You got to deal with this woman at minimum for 18 years. You want to know something that I do that's really special? And this is why this is why I don't have to play low ball because I understand one thing. My daughter has a Gmail address, and in there I have a I have a cloud drive and all the court documents, all the emails. And all the pictures I've ever taken, I load up every single month. And she's going to look back at that and she's going to say, my daddy showed out for me, came for me, and this is the truth. And that's, at the end of the day, that's why I don't need to fight with her. Like, my daughter, if she wants to open that drive, something happens to me, she wants to, you know, when she's 18, why don't you, why, why can't you and mom just hang out together? Because I kill her with kindness. That's not happening. Because y'all don't even know the depth of the story. But like, it's going to take years to work on us being in the same place. Like I, I'm not doing it. Like I'm at peace. Like, so, so that's also one of the things that I have been saying for a long time, right? That 
I hope that my son grows up to find out exactly who I am. I want him to know the type of person I was, and he will find that out all on his own. I don't need to prove anything to him or anything like that. Um, So listen, um, before we run out of time, right, Um, because we do want to circle back and we don't want you to give away too much, you are out in L.A., do you have a support system out there? So Clark is with Clark is in Connecticut, but his support system is really in Brooklyn. But his wife, his ex-wife, has a support system. I'm here in New York. I happen to have a support system because my family's not far away. You know, plus I got a whole bunch of friends out here. But you are actually five hours away at best from where you were raised. Do you have a support system out there? No, I'm actually in Northern California too. I relocated to get my daughter. So I'm in Sacramento. And um, I, I'll tell you this, it's funny that you said that. And I, my, initial, my initial reaction was, uh, no, I do. It's online. That's what weekday dad is. I get messages every single day from women, men. Man, I love what you're doing. I mean, that is my community. And they are keeping me going every single day. Go on there and look at the comments now. I posted a video of cutting my daughter's fingernails. And I just tell people, it was the scariest thing I had to do was cutting her nails. And I got so much good feedback. I do it when she's sleeping. I do this. I have a great community. And that, that, that's what, and, and, and you guys, I mean, you found me through that. You know what I mean? So I do have community. Okay. I'm grateful for that. But if you got sick or needed a babysitter on the emergency, what do you do then? I mean, her mom's 3.3 miles away. I mean, okay. there's nothing else that I can do. I mean, I, I'm working on that. Um, I do have my neighborhood that I live in. I do have a community. You know, I had a woman who can run to the grocery store. Like, I have some neighbors. Um, so, yeah, it, it takes a village. I, I got some people here. But she's so young with COVID, I haven't been out there. But I, I look forward to going to the parks on the weekends, meeting other dads, finding support groups, you know, play dates. You know, it's, it's added so much more to my life, man. That's what I was – that was the part that I was saying, you know? Like, meeting other dads who have kids. Like, it's a different type of bond, man. It's a different kind of conversation. Um, and like I said, when that day comes, if – you know, I'm out dating or something like you're meeting a quality person who understands and respects that you're doing your job, taking care of the child. And they'd be coming into that situation as well. Any man of character is in his child's life that, you know, I've never met a bad dad. You know, if, if they're involved in their kid's life, they, they're of character. People who aren't in their children's life aren't of character. It's just it's just a fact. Um, you interested in having any more? Oh, I've been looking at the vasectomy. Scalpel <laughs> <It's> <laughs> free. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, that's a, that. it's a possibility because because I understand what it's like for her to grow up split and as an only child, it's not the healthiest thing in the world. But there have been great people who have made it out of there. I've got to be more in a positive mindset. If that's what it is, then it'll be fine. And, you know, I'm going to raise her to be a good girl. So, you know, like, there's so much more to unpack it, right? I told like, you it might be a two part, man. Y'all are missing. Y'all, y'all didn't get any of the real goods. How she left pregnant in the middle of the pandemic, didn't respond for six months. Um, you know, I had to hunt her down. Like it, it was made very challenging, you know? Um, I didn't get to sign. I, I got this. I didn't know my daughter's name until I signed the birth certificate. I mean, she pulled every dirty move you could ever pull on a human being. And that's the part of the story that's important because I kept my composure, you know? And if you don't keep your composure, that's where most people fail is you got to keep your composure. It's chess. Right. Did you yeah. sign it? So you did sign the birth certificate. Yeah, I did sign it, but I mean, I didn't get to hold my daughter because of COVID at the hospital. I mean, it's, it's so deep, but like, I, I just like, it's not going to kill you. It's the long game. 
You know, I'm playing the long game. It's like old school football. If you're a football fan, three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, we'll punt it and we'll play tough defense and we'll play that field position game and we'll, we'll punch it in, you know? All right. All right. Is there anything else out there that you want to say to people who are listening? No, check out my page, Weekday Dad. It's Weekday Dad on Instagram. That's kind of where I'm putting all my energy focused. I don't plan on moving to any other platform right now. Um, if you're going through a wild custody situation, you don't know where to turn, um, send me a message on Instagram in my DM. Uh, I'm happy to give you some advice. Uh, I've said it a hundred times. It's chestnut checkers. Um, it's the long game. It's an unfair system. Um, and it takes strategy to be successful. Um, and I'm willing to share all those uh, gems with those out there that, that need that. Because um, this single dad ain't mad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I made, I made my bed and I'm laying in it and I'm excelling in it. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. Like, you know, we overcome. So let me just really tell you real quick, the word, the, the title single dad, why you're mad. Um, it's not me, the dad that's mad, right? It's the people. I, okay. So I told the story a hundred times. I'll tell it one more time. I'm standing on 68th street or whatever else it is and Broadway outside the Apple store. I got my kid in the Moby wrap. I got some diapers in one pocket. Um, he's got a cookie in his mouth and I've got his bottle in another pocket and I'm you know, texting on my phone. And this woman, a white woman walks up to me and says, you look amazing. What are you doing? You waiting for mommy? And I said, no. And she says, you're out here by yourself? And I said, yeah. And she says, who wrapped that for you? I said, I did. She says, I don't even know how to wrap that. I ain't mad. But when they see me out here doing the goddamn thing, they look at me like it's absolutely impossible. And when I go into court and I talk about how I'm here to fight for my kid, they just don't get it. No matter how fair they claim they want to be, they just don't absolutely get it. So I ain't mad. It's them looking at me. David, something very important. It's not your fault. It, it's, it's society. Um, one thing about us going to the court system, there have been a million guys who talk that and don't walk it. I know it. And, that, and, and they have made it harder for us. And so that's why you have to be strategic in court. That's why you have to understand it's the long game because so many dudes, to fight, they fight for it to lower their child support and they don't show. And that really pisses the judges off because they've been lied to and they keep falling for it. And they're like, nah, I've seen this before. I've seen, I seen, I seen a guy look just like you coming here saying he want to be in his kid's life. And then, you know, I'm garnishing his wages. So, okay. And that's fair. And I get that. Right. But come on now, guys, we got to honestly stop here for a second and say, how much have we, how, not me personally, right? But how much have black men been pushed into the perspective that they don't when they do? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but we're bringing it to life for the first time. I mean, yes. that, that's the thing. Like we're yes. a unique generation. Like, you know, our generation, like I said, as a girl dad and someone whose father wasn't there, like we get it and we're men of character and we have more opportunity. So the changing of the guard is here. Like, you know, there's, there's black men really doing the damn thing. And then there's a lot of websites and things like you out here doing it. So uh, we're, we're, you're, you're the foundation of, of the change. So it's happening. All right, Clark, call to action. Ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Single Dad Why You Mad podcast. We love you, we honor you, we respect you. Yeah. 
follow us on our social media. We're out here on Instagram. Uh, we have a Twitter presence. We are on all the places you can find podcasts. David, anything you want to add? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?